icebreaker question. What is the one impressive dish that you consistently make all the time that like always blows people away? Madison, what would you make? I would make banana bread. Banana bread is a good one. I think pesto is my go-to. I can make lasagna from scratch. You lived with me for two months. And I did not make you lasagna once. And you never made lasagna? No. Okay. Welcome to the Cocktail Conversations. I'm Michelle Mitchell. And today, something a little different. It's a mocktail conversation because we're kicking back with three guests who can't legally consume alcohol. As we wrap up our first season, something that's come up between episodes is that we don't really know what the rights and responsibilities of a citizen are anymore. There used to be a class that taught this. It was called civics. The idea was that it prepared you to be an active participant in our system of self-government, but also taught about the common good. This was a standard part of the American curriculum for decades until it got drowned in the undertow of STEM classes and standardized testing. But, and this is the good news, because this episode is going to leave you feeling a lot better about the state of things. There's a movement now to bring back civics education to a new generation, and it's being led by that generation. Grew up in New York, probably will die in New York. Also a, a National Geographic Explorer. That's Tanasi Dilos, the 18-year-old lasagna-less co-founder of a group called Civics Unplugged. I, I had an AP Gov class um, in my senior year of high school, but that's pretty much it. I can't speak for everyone, but in my experience, it kind of just got like shoved in as a tangent to history or social studies. That's Chabu Kapumba, a 20-year-old college student who's taking a gap year to work as Director of Strategic Partnerships for Civics Unplugged because what she experienced in the classroom wasn't particularly helpful. It was more so conversations around what people did in the past and absolutely no context as to what we can do right now. In eighth grade, I had one semester of civics, but it was what are the three branches of government, how does Congress work, and things like that. That's Madison Adams, the 18-year-old director of events and communication, who was also on a gap year. We definitely weren't taught broadly what civics is and what it means to be a member of your community. Civics Unplugged was started in 2019 to offer all high schoolers, not just here in the U.S., the opportunity not only to learn the basics of civics, like what branch of government does what, but also a sense of engagement that actually does something. What is Civics Unplugged? Civics Unplugged is a sandbox for really talented kids that care about civic innovation to come and learn about how to build the future of democracy and then actually build the future of democracy with a community of support from all around the globe at their side. It was founded on the idea that we want to see a better and brighter future. And the way that we do that is by investing directly in Gen Z. So all the things you would need from training, which happens through like our 10 week fellowship on civic innovation, followed by funding and support for those ideas and projects that they want to launch. And then also just like the community and culture being immersed with people who are equally excited, enthusiastic and constantly working towards this goal is so key in just establishing that lifelong goal and ambition of seeing change. I would say what's unique about CU is that it's not just a 10-week program that a high schooler goes through. In fact, after the fellowship ends, I think is where a lot of the magic begins. When people join what we call our builder community, that's when the builders get access to lots of grants, internship opportunities, and continued learning with the rest of the community. When you talk about 
how to create an adult that cares about their community and feels like they can take action and moves the world or their country or their town or their household forward. Um, that doesn't just like snap in someone's head. It is cultivated from a really young age. And, you know, only 30, 30 states require what, like half a credit of civics education to graduate. 11 states require no civics education to graduate from high school. And so, you know, everybody's running around. Oh my God, there's a civic education crisis. Oh my God, no one's voting. Oh my God, we're so surprised that people are voting for these congressmen that are threatening to wrestle each other on the floor of the Congress. That's happening because from a young age, no one is given a framing of what civics really is. History is not civics. History is history. Civics is how you take the lessons from history and your own personal superpowers and apply that to making your community better. Um, that's not taught anywhere. Civics Unplugged is led by graduates of the program. Now, yes, there are more established adults in the room, but the program is meant to train thousands of high schoolers in the fundamentals of personal development, systems thinking, and civic literacy. But wait, there's more, like mentorship opportunities, as well as direct financial investment for their own civic-minded projects. My thought process goes, okay, it's going to be the AP student who is really into all this stuff. He's like in student government. So is that the typical profile for who joins Civics Unplugged? Obviously, kids that are joining civics programs are self-selecting, but I wouldn't say it's self-selecting for like Republican Democrat. It's definitely self-selecting for do you care about others or not? I think that if that's the self-selection category, I'm cool with that. I found Civics Unplugged on an Instagram ad. I had been very involved in my local community, mainly just through student council. And so when I saw the ad of like this national organization and opportunity to take my ability to make meaningful change, that was really exciting to me. I was in and out of school for most of my life dealing with mental health issues. And if I could describe what I felt in like very succinct terms, I felt like I had no purpose, no life's direction. It was right around 2016 after President Trump got elected and there was a lot of confusion in politics. And so I started writing about it. That little lever of change that I was writing about got 60,000 followers on Instagram. And it suddenly made me feel not the followers, but the actual act of, of helping people understand the world around them made me feel purpose. Civics Unplugged is about scaling that experience. And that like literally that experience saved my life. Every young person needs a mentor. Every young person needs a space to feel like they can talk about things they're passionate about. And every young person needs to feel like they can be an agent of change in a world where constantly young people are like scattershot with horrible news and pain and suffering across the world that they have no power to change. We can do something as a community. Civics Unplugged is launchpad for us all to just do really cool shit that we would never be able to do like as individuals. We connect our community with paid opportunities and organizations that are mission aligned to actually get to take part in some change. One of the projects we did was with Teach for America's Reinvention Lab, helping them create their websites. Chabu and I fully turned into a production studio a couple <laughs> of weeks ago because she had to film a video for one of the projects, creating an animated video for a think tank, one of their like 90 page reports. I think voting is great, but most of my time is not spent getting people to vote because I think that voting is a tool that is used to leverage change, but you need to know what you're trying to build in order to use the tool to build it. And I think people don't know what they're trying to build. If you were to ask a person what their vision for the future is, the future of their community, would they be able to even articulate that? Probably not. Okay, now put down your glass for this one. And so why are we saying vote, vote, vote when we're not saying, okay, what are you voting for? Why are you voting? What do you care about? What do you care about? That question is so basic and it's not about mean tweets or performative stunts. This is, well, 
Think about the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts, community gardens, harvest festivals, school boards, uh, or maybe don't think about school boards for a moment. This is really about participation and participation that benefits individuals as well as society as a whole, or doesn't, which brings us to our current state of hate. Let's talk about January 6th and how Civics Unplugged handled that situation, because it was really fascinating what you guys did with that. My family is from Zambia and political systems are so fragile in that part of the world. And so to see it mirrored here just incited so much fear. Like for us as a family, we would never imagine that this would be happening here too. Right after watching the news, I had a meeting with one of our co-founders at CU. I pulled up with like all the angst and emotion. Oh my goodness, what's, like, what's happening? What are we going to do? Not knowing what to do with all that negative energy. Why don't we have a trek, which is this dialogue event in our community where we talk through issues in the world. And what I loved about that conversation was the fact that we didn't title it January 6th. We didn't title it Storming the Capitol. We actually focused the conversation on something much more overarching, which was the idea of like the, the role of hate and what does that mean for our political systems. The, the trek on hate was the, the way we look at underlying systems at Civics Unplugged. We're not trying to train kids that are attacking issues or attacking the symptoms of a problem. We're trying to train kids that are going deep and solving the underlying systemic issues that usually run for decades and run through multiple systems and multiple places and multiple people. They don't fix in a day and they don't erupt in a day. A lot of the kids, I think, came on that track and were like, oh my God, how could this happen? I would never have expected this. So the question is, how do you use the fear that is created from events like that? You turn that fear into like, action and thought. And that fear is what we've been talking about pretty much all year. Because the anger industrial complex keeps making so much money off of keeping us wrapped in it. But here's the thing. Yeah, refill if you're kicking back because this is where civics gets real interesting. The people who you're, who are part of this track, they are all of one political party, one particular ideology, people from different places on the spectrum. I don't think anyone on the trek was advocating for storming the Capitol, if, if that's the, the question. There definitely wasn't that. But I know even on this call, like all three of us are different political affiliations and think differently about different issues. There are some baseline points of agreement about basic human rights and things that people believe in. But we just don't get into nitty gritty policy discussions and rotating the typical talking points because I think everyone recognizes that like that's not as productive. I think everybody in Civics Unplugged is probably has political beliefs, but doesn't bring them into Civics Unplugged because it's not about politics. Politics is a symptom of the system and the two-party system is a symptom of a really, really bad form of representative government. I and mean, I'm not saying more parties are the solution. The point is that falling into this two-party like duopoly is, is just a downward spiral and it'll always cause hate, it'll always cause division. And so we try to leave that outside and think about the real systemic problems. One of the biggest things I've learned is the essential role that authentic dialogue plays in a healthy civic ecosystem because the fact that we don't bring our political beliefs into the conversation means that political talking points are not rotated over and over again that was so what was so powerful about our trek on hate is we were processing the event by looking at it from a higher level and seeing like what caused this and also 
looking forward into the future. What does this mean for the future like of our country and our world? When Thanasi said like, oh, I don't really know what the political spectrum was on that is because you can't tell the conversation isn't avoiding it. It just happens to be above that. Could it's, you tell us all the formula for that? It's about creating a, a space and structure for your conversation that allows people to reach shared understanding of what you're talking about versus convince each other of things. I think that like when you go in with just the mindset of like, this is what I believe and this is how it aligns to my political beliefs, your brain kind of just turns off. So I think it's really cool that that space has become trying to find a, a common understanding. What we just saw in Glasgow <clears throat> with the um, the conference on, on climate crisis, what I found very striking about that was you had a lot of old people and primarily old white guys. But out on the streets, it was a lot of young people. When we're talking about decisions that are going to impact your generation more than say, I don't know, the baby boomers, should we actually be involving you in the decision-making process as opposed to letting the, the current leadership just run with it around the world? I think when you frame it as not just like an obligation to involve young people, but an actual opportunity to make it better, that serves everyone so much more. Each generation has their own unique superpowers. Young people have so much passion and energy for solving issues like the climate crisis. And while they may not be the ones like writing legislation, there are things that young people can do better than older people. I love that framing, Madison, actually about like obligation versus opportunity, because I, I, at all these adult centric spaces, it feels like an obligation to involve young people when Civics Unplugged is like, everybody's at the same level. There really is no view of like, oh, we need a 26 year old and a 15 year old and an 80 year old in this room. Like it's whoever comes and it's intergenerational because that's the foundation. And so what foundational spaces can we build next? There is absolutely no sustainable way that these very showy um, meetings and summits and organizations uh, are going to change the world. Like what Madison was talking about is a lot more of like knowing your personal self and where you fit into your community to make change. I asked you guys how you would define civics. I defined it as just how to be a good person. I would say call your mom because that captures the essence of what it means to be a good human in terms of building relationships with people. Obviously, don't just call your mom, but I think that means connecting with people, making them feel good, doing things for them. If there's like one piece of anecdotal advice I want to like put in someone's head, it's be excited about the potential of being wrong or the, the fact that someone can poke holes in the theory that you're pushing. It's an opportunity that's optimistic, but I think not having the defensive reaction and the idea that you might be introduced to the better version of your idea is an opportunity. I love that idea that you could be introduced to a better version of your idea. I think that's really cool. Don't try to convince anyone of anything. Just think about your beautiful future and let it give you hope and then turn that hope into reality by involving cool people in your life. And speaking of hope, well, that's what this episode has been all about. We have big challenges ahead that aren't going to be solved with a tweet or a televised screaming match. And the hate thing, that's just exhausting. I wanted to end our inaugural season with this thought. No matter what the anger industrial complex is up to, there are people, and lots and lots of them, 
who are ignoring that and actively looking for a new and better way to work together and for a common good. And that's enough for me to raise a glass to and say cheers. If you'd like to apply to Civics Unplugged, go check them out at civicsunplugged.org. If you're too old to join, you can always support their efforts with a donation. And if you want more conversation, and of course you do, check out our website at www.thecocktailconversations.com or IG at The Cocktail Conversations or on Twitter at cocktail underscore convos.